Hey Nick, how you going mate? I am feeling okay, how are you Rob? Just okay. <laughs> I was doing an exam very recently and yeah. I am done with learning and anything intellectual. Yeah, uh, yeah, so apologies in advance if this podcast is a little less analytical as our usual usual high standards are. I'm not feeling very <laughs> analytical. I know I am very analytical in other episodes. Yeah, <laughs> so we may be a little bit more off the cuff. That's compared right. to our usual, very very off the cuff nature. So I mean, the world is falling apart. You got to have kind of a, just a laugh with your mate every now and then. I reckon you know. Yeah, this is true. It is a tough time. Um, we're gonna try and be happy for for each other. One of the things that cheers me up in this tough time is we have our lovely friend Georgia Steele on later this episode. Yeah, really exciting that. Hey? Just recorded that just then. Always lovely seeing Georgia. She had some really good stuff to say. So look forward to that. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, my fun fact for this week, the thing that'll make you Shit, feel happy about fact. politics. It's all right, Nick. Once again, I'll just put this podcast on my back and just carry it. Ah, uh, social media <laughs> manager Rob. <laughs> no, my fun fact is, or the thing that'll make you feel a bit happier uh, regarding this is, you know, in this really trying time with all these... Uh, you know, racial issues going on across the world now, not just in the US, it's everywhere really, is that we're seeing, you know, statues of former slave owners being pulled down in the UK, the US, and really across the world. And I think it's really good that um, it's it's certainly not going to make racism go away, but it's a, it's a really uh, great symbolic gesture of support for the Black Lives Matter movement and for... Uh, racial injustice in general. Rob, can I just say I really like that fact. All these people who are like, oh, don't destroy the statue, it's history. Like, yeah, what? look. Just tear it down. Who cares? It's a statue. You know, history, if history has taught us anything, it's that, you know, history is bound to change and that bad things were done in history. And if we don't learn from those mistakes of history, we're bound to make them again. That so is true. So maybe if we pull down these people that have shown intolerant views in the past, maybe we will become more tolerant over time. That's beautiful, Hopefully. Rob. You're a real, uh, you're a real beacon of hope this episode, and I really, I think I'm needing that. <laughs> well, yeah, I think everyone needs it at this point in time. It's a really, really trying time right now, especially for um, our Indigenous listeners, if we have any, and. Um, African Americans as well. Definitely, yeah, all kind of racial minorities. I think it's um, it you know it has been a trying time forever for them basically, and you know I feel bad yeah, that it's only that been true. brought to light for now as well. Um, yeah. so but you know it is a good thing that this issue is being brought up, and uh, maybe it will contribute to uh, a certain orange politician losing his uh, position in the U.S. <laughs> Something to be talked about later. Um, yeah, exactly. But our first topic, Rob, I'm just throwing the format out. I want to talk about the first topic already. Oh, straight away. I'm, I'm itching for it. Well, I just want to say that I have, before before you go, Nick. Um, yeah, no worries, Rob. We'll, we'll, I'll discuss our, my exam with you, Nick. Oh, sorry. I also didn't ask you how you were. No worries, mate. It's all good. Sorry, mate. Um, so I've done two exams. I've got one left, active leadership. 
real tough exam, that one. <laughs> oh my god so i'm basically finished you kind of um, say rob you spent a thousand dollars on that unit can i also say nick you have to do a broadening unit so i'd rather spend a thousand dollars to do better in my other units than to try in another one yeah but i spent a thousand dollars check and mate on linguistics mate and now i'm a, a master of language yeah well i'm a master of leadership now so you know in for a penny, in for a pound. Master of leadership, master of marketing. What can he do? <laughs> That's the real question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I'm basically finished. So it's really nice to be finished, Nick. And you finish next Thursday. I finish Thursday week, but... That's a really easy exam, so I'm basically finished. Oh, cool. Um, We're both on the basically finished lifestyle. <laughs> there you go. Not as good as completely finished, but still yeah. pretty good. Well, I'm going to be going to Margaret River this weekend, so... Are you? Oh, that's awesome. Rob, that's a really good um, uh, Australian move as well, because we need domestic tourism, especially in those areas like Margaret River, Yeah, which are suffering. Well, you know... With the news that we've had recently of that the recession. That is so organic. Oh, man. We're getting good at this. <laughs> yeah, continue. With the news of the recession recently, it's um, it's important to spend now more than ever. So, guys, reckless spenders out there, you're, you're helping the economy out if you do it. Spend your job keeper. Rob is, exactly. of course, referring to the uh, negative 0.6%, I think, is the number. Uh, GDP growth last quarter, so the first uh, n- set of numbers that are out for this year, um, which is not the econom- economic definition of a recession, but we basically know we're heading into a recession now, which is a technical term meaning two successive periods of negative economic growth, meaning the value in uh, all your all the little bits of your economy is actually shrinking, which is really bad because the population is growing and uh, supposedly things will get better and not worse. Well, the the Berg has already confirmed that we will have a recession this year. He has. He, I believe he used the terminology Armageddon and dropping off a cliff. Yeah, that's what we avoided. <laughs> oh, we avoided that? Yeah, we avoided the Armageddon. I thought he said we're going to have Armageddon. No, he said that because the Liberals are such great economic managers, we've avoided the Armageddon. I know he did have a chart where he compared like the first quarter numbers from like China, Italy and France and stuff and then Australia and was like, look how good Australia is. <laughs> I'm like, that's because we, we weren't actually hit by it. We were the last people to find out about this kind <laughs> of and we did a lot better at uh, uh, minimizing the impact of COVID. But you know, credit to the government. JobKeeper and stuff has been really good, I think. Yeah. Um, Credit to the unions there, by the way. <laughs> Can't even give them an inch drop. <laughs> the unions came up with that idea. They lobbied the government on it, and then the government said, okay, we'll do what you want us to do. Interesting. Um, the The next quarter, there's nightmare predictions for next quarter growth. Something like, you know, in the range of 10 to 20% negative GDP growth. Which, Rob, you will know is the the biggest negative growth Australia would have ever recorded. Ever? Um, ever. Or, ever. I'll, I'll challenge that. Really? The Great Depression. What? Oh, really? Yeah. As Wait, much in as one it, quarter? Uh, I'll, I'll have yeah, a look Rob, for you. Yeah, Rob, the numbers up. Um, but I don't know I'm, how good the data is back then. Yeah, probably not. I don't know if we did it quarterly. Um, but... I know in regardless, Rob will check that, but it is very, very bad um, when, you know, you say lose 10 or 20% of your income as an individual. Uh, the economy shedding, shedding 10 or 20% of its value is really, really bad. And of course, we all knew this is going to happen. Um, Australia has done, 
as I said, relatively well compared to other countries. And also the other thing is we've actually lifted restrictions a lot sooner than we thought we were going to. So a lot of, a lot of actual positives here, but we also are dealing with the, the likelihood that there will be a very big recession that is going to be bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it will be bad. And I, I think the, the sort of economic effects are starting to take hold of this crisis really because everyone is losing their jobs, no one's spending anymore. And, you know, spending is what ticks the Australian economy as we've talked about many times. You know, consumption is the driver of the Australian economy. It counts for 60% of economic growth. You yeah. want to get this into your guys' We're a service head. economy. Yeah. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, bro, what I'm really interested in is the unique nature of this crisis. Because as um, as the the ABC podcast, the Economist has pointed out, um, this is not your normal recession caused by like a, a burst in an asset bubble, like say the GFC. This is a people were restricted from working, but immediately after the crisis, seemingly everything goes back to normal. And even though jobs once lost are very hard to bring back, take a very long time. A lot of people have kept their jobs thanks to JobKeeper. UniMelb numbers indicate that a million people retain their jobs because of JobKeeper. Yeah. Which is not bad. And that's very handy. Because Rob can't... Oh, sorry. Forces people to keep their money. Well, not, you know, starve. <laughs> and, you know, savings has gone up um, for yeah. Australian households. So, Rob, and what's to stop everyone just after this crisis is done, spending all their money again, you know, itching to get back out and the economy just picking up back to normal? Oh mate, that that's a uh, that's a little underarm lob for for an economic analysis of Eight my <laughs> show evidence. <laughs> that's so easy, mate. No, um, so basically, um, the term we want to use here is consumer confidence, and right now that is at rock bottom, pretty much. Um, and you know that basically refers to people's confidence <clears throat> in they're willing to consume. Um, and your confidence in doing that is usually quite low when you're worried about losing your job or you know catching a you know potentially deadly virus etc etc yeah. right um so you, you go oh i don't want to spend right now otherwise because if i lose my job i might not be able to pay my groceries next week so what you do is you save and you just sit on that and hope that you don't lose your job until that fear of losing your job goes away and then you go out and buy a jet ski because yeah. you're australian yeah and the same thing kind of applies to business confidence as well, even though we've talked about the importance of consumers. Um, obviously, businesses are less willing to make investments um, at a time where you know it's uncertain whether or not that, that investment will hold what the general economic conditions are. So uncertainty and a lack of confidence is really bad for the economy. And weirdly, it is like one of the reasons why recessions take a really, really long time, among others, to kind of correct themselves. And it's weird because it's kind of like a thing where if everyone just... Uh, kind of went back to a point where they were all confident again, it would actually help a lot in recovering from the recession. But yeah, but that is work like that. very much easier said than done. As I'm not sure if we've said this on the podcast before, but the, the economy isn't some, you know, vengeful thing that, you know, acts as it will. It's just people coming together and doing things. Um, and people don't gain confidence that quickly as, as it's shown. And you know, this continues to form is it's just people really. That's the economy. <laughs> yeah. Really bad analysis. And <laughs> well, I'm just, that's, I mean, that's right. I'm also just like, I th- I agree with everything we just said. <clears throat> Excuse me. At the same time though, I think people might be willing to spend a little bit more when they come out of this crisis because they've been cooped up 
and they've saved a little bit at home. So like restaurants, for example, apparently there were like record bookings at restaurants as soon as restaurant bookings were allowed again. Um, like people going out again. This, I guess, directly affects like the hospitality and service industry a little bit more than say, I don't know, your jet ski industry. But that is like something which which I think people should uh, think about. And I think the jury's not out yet how the whole economy will feel once we fully come out of this crisis. Yeah, it's it's going to be very uh, interesting to see how it is. Because um, Australia, historically, we have a savings rate of a, like right around 0%. Really low, yeah. Yeah, or well, 1%. Yeah, I know during the mining boom, it went negative, um, which is good. Uh, and that's a that's a big drag on our investment because investment and savings are directly proportional. How much you save is usually how much is invested in the economy in the long run anyways. Yeah. Um, and that's a big issue for Australia is that we never really get investment from Australians. We have to rely a lot on direct foreign investment or just foreign investment. And that, you know, it can be caused for security concerns, especially when it comes from places like China, for example. Thank you, Z, for your ongoing <laughs> support of the podcast. Absolutely. But yeah. your government is corrupt. All right. Um, yeah, so it could be a positive thing in the long run because recessions are really good at sorting out problems in an economy um, because, you know, these big, big heads come together and think, okay, so we hit a recession this time. What was the underlying cause? A lot of the time, the the fundamental cause, like the pandemic or in 08, even though we didn't have a recession, it was the GFC. A lot of that is just sort of the straw that breaks the camel's back, really. And usually there are deep underlying problems with the economy. And I think a lot of people are seeing that savings is the underlying problem in the Australian economy. Rob, that's a really good point. And I will contribute my own understanding of the underlying problems of the economy as well in that saying our economy as we pointed out before was already shaky by some measures before coming to this crisis yeah especially in the area of employment and wages real wages were very sluggish wage growth inflation was really poor and if you the last five years really yeah and if you look at if you think about what australia's economy is people will say mining where does most of that go? It goes to China. What is our second or third biggest export after natural resources? Education. The majority of students which you know, come from China and come and study at our tertiary uh, institutions. And clearly... Yeah, we've relied on that Chinese economy for too, too much. Yeah, and a, yeah much. an economy propped up by the mining sector and your education exports is not a strong economy you know, underlying, yeah. right? Well, I want to jump in right away nick and say that exports doesn't really account for a lot of australia's growth um and so mining i think only accounts for like one to three percent of the australian economy uh overall and i think 60 percent comes from services so services to local australians is much more important and that's what's you know been really hit hard in these case along with our trade with china obviously um, so sorry, sorry to say you're wrong, but you're wrong. <laughs> well, okay. Well, you know what, but I'm saying the composition of like Australia's competitive edge really. Yeah. I mean the, the whole idea of international trade and being like, uh, you know, having that comparative advantage and being internationally competitive, we rely a lot on China in particular 
and mining and education. Yeah. And, you know, mining has historically been the thing that has propelled Australia forward um, in, over the past few decades, especially in WA. Yeah. Regardless of, okay. what, regardless of the other makeup of the economy. I agree that in aggregate, the services is a huge sector, but that is kind of, in my understanding, more constant um, yeah. as opposed to mining, which like kicked up obviously a lot in yeah, the early well, the, 2000s. The mining, um, the mining industry, because it's such a cyclical industry, it's so based on the price of iron ore, it, um, you can see that swing a lot more. Whereas in services, it's really a lot, lot more constant, always around that 60% mark of the Australian economy. Yeah. What I was going to say as well is that I would love to see a move away from kind of relying on natural resources, not, not saying to get rid of natural resources, but moving towards, say, a more green investment into renewables plus storage in Australia, which, by the way, is a huge fucking opportunity that continual liberal governments just don't tackle. Yeah. You know, well, sorry. Austra- but- Australia as a continent is one of the sunniest and windiest continents in the world. And you know what uh, two renewable energies are? Solar and wind energy. No way. <laughs> and, you know, Malcolm Turnbull himself, you know, a liberal, a conservative, economically anyway, has said that renewables plus storage is like the future of Australia, right? And like a lot of other people are saying the same thing. It's just these right-wing nut jobs in their echo chambers that have links to coal, which ensures that we continue along the dumb path that we're on right now. Sorry to get... <laughs> really really just opinionated that's usually rob's job but i've had enough oh, had enough right, this mate. episode you go go nick <laughs> oh, well so i'm hoping we can actually move towards green technology because it is the future and that could be australia's yeah. you know uh we can you, know, you can export that all that stuff so that would be really good if we could do that it, rob it would be nice if we could do that and i think that the recession is something we're probably gonna have to talk about again at some point because we don't we don't know how bad it'll be now well we can predict it but we we won't be feeling it. I think a lot of people will be losing their jobs um, and it'll be a sad thing to happen because, you know, money is good. Greed is good? I don't know. Is it? Uh, <laughs> probably. <talking> I don't <laughs> know. Well, we have a recession every 10 years. It'll be fine, but it's really bad. Well, hopefully we can, you know, go 30 years again till our next one. Yeah. I liked your... Thank God to Paul Keating. Well, maybe that's going to be my fact, Rob, that even though there's a recession, my fun fact is going to be optimistically a recession is uh, a time for economic reform yes. so maybe we can get those uh those those wages rising again yeah exactly hopefully hopefully yeah um we're gonna have to wrap this up a bit short because we we want to get to our guest leave as much time for the wonderful georgia as possible yeah um we had a great discussion with her yeah uh, so we'll pass it over to her now i've enjoyed this chat though rob i think we should continue to talk about the economy and stuff. Oh, yeah. No, don't worry, mate. I'll, every week, I'll oh, talk yeah. about the economy. <laughs> oh, the services sector is the only one that matters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Here we go. And today's guest is uh, Georgia Steele. Welcome How are you to the going? Hello. Hi, Georgia. Thank you awesome for having me. Awesome to have me. you on. No Thank worries. Thank you so much. Such a dream. <laughs> Georgia, another long-time fan, allegedly. Oh, but major <laughs> fan. <laughs> already, questioning, already questioning the guests. No major fan. Oh, thank you so much. That actually means a lot. Yeah. You, You're actually our only listener. Do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> One view and it's me. <laughs> It probably was last week, to be honest. I did listen to last week's one, so it's probably oh, just me. Oh, bless. I didn't That's even good. listen to last week's one. I barely edited it, to be honest. 
Good, Nick. <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. Um, uh, so as we do with all our guests, Georgia, you know, the process, you've listened before. Yes. Just uh, as me and Rob have done and Matt did before us. So we've got to get all our little... Uh, all our uh, interests in the mm-hmm. open, just so everyone's on a little uh, nice, happy uh, medium. So we're all understanding, all right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, so you can start I, us off. I am a uh, dirty liberal voter. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. So much hate already. Everyone just clicks off the podcast. No. See, um, we're not biased. We, yeah, we do engage yeah. with all sides. It doesn't mean that I believe in all of the Liberal Party's views, especially in terms of social matters. Um, such as climate change, but yes, I am primarily a liberal voter, not Labour. Sorry, guys. Sorry, boys. That's all right. You can't win them all, is what I say. So you're, you're, you're a bit of a Malcolm, aren't you? I, I love Malcolm. <laughs> I like Malcolm See, as well, not a though. fan of ScoMo, but like no. Malcolm, he's my man. I, he, he's my boy. I listened to Malcolm's whole book, and even though I didn't like parts of it, I thought parts were good. He's good. He yeah. was, you know what? He did well. He did all right. <laughs> Yeah, he did. No, he did pretty good. You know what? He did well. Yeah, we love Malky. Yeah, we do he, love. He him. offered a soft face for the Liberal Party. I'm, I'm not going to say did. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> I just think he should have run for the Labor Party. <laughs> I mean, just been on the right. He just would have done I mean, better. You know what? Yeah, yeah, probably. Honestly, <laughs> poor Malky. It's okay. Uh, but we're not talking about Malky today. No. no, Georgia. What are we talking about today? We are talking about old mate Trump. Oh, controversial. The 2020 election is coming up. Um, and in terms, I suppose, of everything that's going on in 2020, we're not even halfway through the year yet. And we have some pretty serious protests going on at the moment in America. And Trump's handling of them has not been stunning. Um, and it's kind of come through in the polls or the opinion polls done at the moment. Um, so, yeah. Definitely. You know, um, we we talked about this a little bit last week. Yeah. And we, we had to rush in some last minute edits and, yes. uh, you know, forwards and stuff. I even listened and I caught myself saying uh, race riots, which is just like <laughs> not good. Apologies to anyone who heard that and was offended. But definitely mm-hmm. uh, a huge, another huge issue issue in 2020 after we've had so many huge issues already one thing after the other at this point it's like what's next what is your guys prediction based on on this and everything else that has happened just to rush into it see here is like uh, the issue with prediction so if we look back at 2016 the 2016 election in year 11 politics and law class classic (laughs) me me and rob me and rob as well and our whole class predicted that um, Clinton would win like that's what all the opinion polls were saying we're like not nah, like Trump has definitely alienated way too many marginalized groups to win this election like no way and what happened so I'm too scared of making any predictions for the rest of 2020 and I keep going like each week I'm like oh it can't get any worse like it, nothing can get worse and then something else happens so I'm sick of making predictions <laughs> Well, I think you could see, yeah, in 2016 is a great example of the, the whole, the silent vote for Trump. Um, and you can't, mm-hmm. you, we can never really tell what that silent vote will be. And another thing is I think Trump's become a much better marketer over the last few years. I mean, the fact that he already has come up with a, you know, slanderous term for Sleepy Joe, as he's called it, mm-hmm. is like a real testament to his ability to, um, you know, put down the opposition in order to make himself look better. So it's a very interesting election in to see if he can fight off, which will almost definitely be a recession and mm-hmm. 
the biggest global pandemic ever and some uh, smallpox is bigger yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some you know pretty significant uh, racial issues within the, his country yeah, Rob, I've seen you've uh, you've loaded preloaded an article on <laughs> ABC on your computer about him holding the Bible up. Yes. That was oh. really interesting. So that if anyone doesn't know, that's when he uh, got the police to disperse a crowd of protesters using tear gas so he could get a photo up in front of a church. Oh, I did see that actually. <laughs> oh my god. Just I don't know why, oh, that but man. he apparently it actually split his base. Like a lot of the religious um, like pastors who like communicate to like tens and thousands of like super right-wing conservative religious people apparently a lot of them who have historically supported trump were like no this is really bad wow i think the consensus might be it was a bit of a misplay well i think the thing with that is that he just went out for a photo op he didn't go into the church and do some praying or anything he just went for the photo opportunity mm-hmm. and that's pretty damning to show his actual commitment to christianity because you know, in America, that's a big deal for your your electability, especially your if you're a Republican. Especially as a Republican, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I I was thinking a lot like you, Georgia, up until before the coronavirus, in that I was not wanting to make a prediction because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, we never know. After COVID, and especially after this, I'm willing to put it out there, guys. I think he's going to lose. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's going to lose. That's the second time you said this now, Nick, by the way. I don't think I'm going to I want to say it again. Touch, touch wood. Touch wood. I want to say guys. it again. He's going to lose. Touch wood. I <laughs> think it'll be a blowout either way. I don't think it'll be a tight race. I think either Trump will just run away with it somehow or, or Biden. it'll be the exact opposite. I mean, I think when he deployed the military, I don't know how long ago that was now, a few days ago, to disperse the protesters i think that was a huge knock for him and his opinion polls for sure like even his secretary secretary can't even say the word of defense came out and publicly knocked that decision and said it was just that's that's not what they're used for what was that guy's name again i don't remember i don't remember but he came out publicly in a press conference and was like yeah not on (laughs) But a, a question to propose to the group would be the fact that Trump's voting base isn't the people that he's fighting against here, being um, African Americans mm-hmm. and uh, to a lesser extent like women and uh, young people. Mm-hmm. His key base is, you know, conservative white people in the South of America who might actually agree with his, you know, tough on uh, racial issues stance he's taking here. So it could actually, you know, improve his support amongst those. Um, I don't want to call him racist because that could be a soundbite that bites me. Hey, mate. But careful. racist people. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Rob. That's the only soundbite you've said that might embarrass you later on. So don't worry about it. Rob, only one. Yeah. I, you know what? I think, I, think you're, I think that's not going to be an issue. I think he's going to lose because mm-hmm. of the economic crisis yeah. and especially because the key areas that voted for him were those Rust Belt states in 2016 that kind of... Um, swung the kind of state uh, advantage he needed Mm -hmm. and those were the people who'd kind of lost out from globalization lost their manufacturing jobs and stuff were feeling the pinch of uh you know this the economic problems the u.s is facing i think those people won't vote for him again or at least a lesser extent won't because they're sick of the whole you know uh the the elite um you know clean out the swamp kind of mentality i mean i think it's all down to people actually getting out there and voting like all groups of people, I think 
in terms of what issues are really like concerning Americans now, I was reading something that race relations are up there with one of the biggest concerns ahead of education and health. So that's pretty big. So, I mean, if people really do care about that, then they really need to get out there and vote, essentially, because America doesn't have a compulsory voting system. I know, it's so true. That's actually Which a really sucks, good point. Yeah, it's I stupid. I think it's stupid. I think we all love compulsory voting <laughs> here. Compulsory <laughs> it's so hard to frame an argument compulsory against compulsory voting. voting. It's really, really good. But mm. definitely this issue will likely energize people to come out and vote. And mm. I don't know, Rob, what was the, what was the voter turnout in 2016? Yeah, so the voter turnout in 2016 was <laughs> uh, 55.7%. Did you know that off the top of your head? Yeah, just off the top of my wow. head. So impressive. I mean, Rob. In 2008, for comparison, you know, 2008 election is often categorized by, you know, huge support amongst uh, African-American communities for the first ever, you know, uh, black man or African-American man, sorry. Uh, to run for president and that gained uh, 58% I believe uh, See, so you, you know 3% might not be in, uh, much but in a tight election as it was in 2016 it probably would have swung it just over to Hillary that's true and mm. let's not remember Trump lost the popular vote he did exactly. So, exactly like you know that's just a separate issue about how broken their system is yeah, it, it, <laughs> we've got to get into the U.S. system another time. That's a story for that's another like one. that's like another two podcasts. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a long that's a podcast, podcast to talk about. That's just the politics and law curriculum as well. Mm-hmm. Comparing the U.S. system, <laughs> <laughs> we'll become an educational podcast. Yeah, sure. I mean, we'll, we'll happily help out some Year Twelves. I'm, I'm, I'm sure COVID has made ATAR very difficult for him. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, no worries. Yeah. Well, did you see the thing he tweeted like yesterday or today? about that guy, old man who got pushed over. That was so sad, that video, but yeah. I didn't see what he tweeted. He tweeted that the, the, they were like, he said the police probably thought he was an Antifa um, member. Oh, my God. And I don't know, Antifa, no one knows what Antifa is because no. it doesn't exist, <laughs> but it's supposedly the Anti-Fascist League, which is like a left-wing terrorist group. Oh, God. He did call a lot of the protesters terrorists, which didn't help the situation either but no. oh my goodness yeah i just i don't like n- most people are like antifa doesn't exist like no one yeah. really knows what it is but trump seems to I've never heard of it before but there we go yeah i don't think i don't know if it'll catch as well just because no one has heard of it. <laughs> i think it's like some sort of like weird sort of underground we're uh, talking about leftists as in like become... like a communist sort of terrorist group well, they're, they're anti-fascist is the whole thing okay. so it's not necessarily communist but it's just like this sort of generic left i think it's only on the internet that it exists to be honest i don't think people actually that get that riled up about it yeah i think it's like militant leftism but i oh. don't think it properly exists um and to to say that a like a 75 year old man is like an agent of antifa <laughs> that's why the police pushed him down and like hit his head like, oh. does anyone believe this shit? Jesus. Americans. <laughs> oh, man. Americans that vote for Trump. That's the worst thing as well. Is it has such a big impact on everyone, mm-hmm. like the whole globe, but only the idiot Americans get to vote for yeah. it. Nick, do, do you want to hear my bold prediction for this 2016 election? Sure, mate. Uh, I reckon Texas could turn blue in this election, guys. Oh, interesting. That, that's Ooh, one. That's I'm, a big that's call. That's one that I'm willing to say is my smoky prediction for the election. Oh. Because we're going to be doing a lot of those. <laughs> Have you watched the Netflix show about the cheerleading squad? 
Yes, Chia. Yeah. That is the best. They're in they're in Texas. They have a yeah. little town in Texas and the, the head of the cheerleaders, Monica, the their team captain or whatever, said some shit about how she might not vote Republican. Yeah. So that maybe that's a good proxy. And all through the series, she was pretty like adamant that she was like a Republican voter as well. Yeah. That she has a lot of old fashioned values and that's just where she came from. Small country town. That's what it is. So that's interesting. Well, I've actually been doing quite a bit of research into Texas as a state and their voting block (laughs) over the last few days. Um, And the sort of demographic in Texas is changing quite significantly over the last 20 years and it'll continue to change for the next 30 years. And a lot of political scientists are predicting that Texas will become a swing or even a blue state by like 2040. Um, and it's just a matter of time really because there's a growth in the Hispanic population there. And uh, with the growth of young people, more and more young people are voting Democratic in America compared to what it was in the 60s or 70s. Whack. Yeah, man, that's a lot of good research you've done, Rob. On Texas, you go, resident Texas expert, Rob. (laughs) Do not quote me at all. He's doing this instead of studying for exams. That's what he's doing. (laughs) What do you guys think would happen? A if Trump won, or B if Trump lost. Like, do you are you one of those people who thinks that either way it would cause like huge unrest or upset? I think if Trump wins, there will be huge unrest and upset. I think with the way things are going, a hundred percent. It's unfortunate, but I just, I think if Trump does win, which he could, as much as we're saying, oh, the polls are showing otherwise, whatever, but he really could win like in 2016. And I think it will cause a huge amount of unrest and dare I say another round of protests. Well, I think we saw there was unrest, there was some protests in 2016, although they died off pretty quickly. Um, and I think people are more angry at Trump now than they were then. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. definitely. You've got to remember, though, all the scandals that came out just before 2016 to try and sink him uh, you know, by media and such uh, did make people pretty angry about him. But, yeah, that being said, it's really interesting to see if that will happen. And as much as I don't like Trump, I really hope it doesn't because I think that's one thing about democracy that we have to do and... You have to put up with the shit that it gives you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just and like when Liberal win the, wins the election. Well, the Just like when Labor never wins. Year, yeah. So, Just yeah. like how Labor can't win ever. There's a good reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Refer back. Um, yeah. I, I listen to a lot of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, commentary from people in California and other really blue areas of the US. And they... Like, they hate Trump to the point where it makes them, like, depressed and really, really upset, of course. And, like, I just imagine that if Trump wins and they have to deal with another four years of that, would some of them leave? Just, like, just migrate (laughs) away? See you later. Well, fun fact, uh, after the 2016 (laughs) election, the uh, Canada um, immigration site actually... You know, shut down. Oh, it that's actually, right. no, I did hear that. I remember, I do that. remember yeah. that. Yes. I wonder how many. Maybe this time wow. they'll follow through, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we want. We'll have them, right? We'll have them. I mean, Americans from California are generally very smart, so yeah, we'll have them. I guess. Sure. That's true. I do hate their accents, though. Oh, I do. It's the California <laughs> accent. It's it. so bad. Spent Kentucky with some you know, r- really smart people. You know, would do great for our economy. Kind, polite. Oh, I hate their fucking accent though. I don't like their don't accent. Like <laughs> not, not, can't stand them. <laughs> yeah. Well, if Trump 
losers though are you do you guys buy into this argument that his supporter base will like rise up in civil no. war because no. i've heard people say that well i don't know i don't think the u.s is really capable of going to a civil war as much as it could yeah. be possible with all this issues i think um with the might of the u.s military it is very difficult for a uh, local movement to sort of split and even contend with that. But they have guns, Rob. <laughs> yeah, but have you seen the US? They Everyone have nukes. has a gun. They're not gonna. <laughs> they're not gonna nuke the civil unrest. <laughs> they're not gonna fact. nuke their own country. <laughs> yeah, but if it's a civil war, they might have to. Dude, I mean, during the, the COVID nineteen crisis, unrivaled power. <laughs> Literally. But during the COVID-19 crisis, did you see all those pitches that were just lining up to buy guns? Like, that's what they were lining up to do. Oh, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Buying that... guns, not groceries, not toilet paper. Here in Australia, we bought toilet paper. Over there, guns. <laughs> that's why, like, that's why I think what fuels this, this worry that there'll be, like, civil unrest leading to potentially civil war. Because they're, they're all armed and they're all really, really angry. They're all pissed off. <laughs> yeah, there's such a huge divide between yeah. those, like, central states and then the fringe mm-hmm. states on the on the coast yeah. in terms of, like, education, political beliefs, uh, you know, economic equality, all Everything. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But do you think that divide has only become around recent years or do you think that has always been... You know, because I think it was that divide still existed in, you know, 2000, in the 2000 election, for example. Yeah, but maybe those people were sleeping, just waiting for someone like Trump to come and aggravate them, you know? I feel I don't like media is definitely, like, at least showcased it more. Like, we have Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, all those protests are getting filmed. Every little snapshot of every single protest is being filmed and posted. So I suppose it's just more showcased now. I feel like it was always around. It just wasn't as projected. Yeah. And I mean, like that, another thing with that as well is that, you know, everything that the police does also gets recorded. Exactly. And that kind of really... They have little cameras on them now. Well, Dad, yeah. had, Dad has one now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. By the way, how, how's your dad dealing with all this? Because I feel like a, a lot of Australian cool police have it. been... Um, he's sort of targeted for this as mm-hmm. well, you know, which, which I guess can be said rightfully so. A hundred percent. No, he's been pretty cool about it, to be honest. My family has been about the whole situation. He knows that, um, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? By yeah, the way? definitely. Yeah. Yes. He know that he knows that shit's going down and that stuff is completely and utterly wrong. And he knows that it's going on in Australia as well. I mean, he's definitely had to, oh, not sure if I'm allowed to say this on the podcast. Ooh, Might have right. to bleep it out. But <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely had to deal with idiots in the police force that have done things here. So he knows that it goes on. Like it's, if you putting, have you guys heard of the Stanford prison experiment? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're putting power in ordinary people's hands, there are those that will abuse it. It's just a part of life. Um, and he's seen what's going on in america and it's it's upsetting it's upsetting to watch i think when where he gets upset and where he gets angry is when people just come at oh it's it's every police officer it's the whole police force and he's like hold on hold on like you know we do great things as well so um but yeah he's been pretty cool about it that's good and do you think it is this uh idea of police brutality and racism in the police do you think that's a more a reflection of society or a reflection of the police force in general? Ooh. So, sorry, sorry Ooh, to get really hard-hitting. Hard-hitting questions. 
intellectual rob obviously i don't think your dad's a racist i want to put no. that right no no now. no <laughs> <laughs> we don't think your dad's a racist <laughs> the nice things we say on this podcast to our guests that's why we tell all our guests before they come on society i think oh i don't know yeah it, it's a tough one that's a tough one oh. I, I personally think it's a society it's a, and I think it's idiots getting power. Yeah. It is like, like I said, with the Stanford prison experiment, you put ordinary people in a job like the police force. They're given a gun, a taser, pepper spray, a baton, and can essentially do what they want, um, more or less. So it does just become an abuse of that power. People just get cocky. People become dickheads. Might I say that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Oh. <laughs> pretty famous saying forgot who said it but uh i think we gotta we gotta wrap things up rob yeah oh, we do unfortunately that was a nice go. little end though <laughs> well, i mean that's like a nice little little teaser maybe we'll talk about that next time 100%. yeah that'd be awesome yeah. i'll come back anytime boys oh thank you so much <laughs> thank, you, thank much. you so much for coming oh, yes. thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure have an amazing week yeah oh, and the too. same to everyone on the podcast yeah thank you for listening thank you for listening for this week uh follow us on instagram at unrepresentative swill <laughs> oh man synchronized um and we'll be same place same time next week so we'll see you guys then have a good one everyone see, see ya, ya.